Another episode of Cadavercast. I'm Al Burnham. And I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham. And we are coming to you from the Frankenstein's Monkey Farm. And today we are doing a very special movie called Dinosaurs in a Mining Facility, which is what it is. <laughs> and that is what it is, yeah. It is one of our most favorite movies. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one that we do enjoy immensely. So before we get into talking about the movie, oh, one, we didn't say the year. It's from uh, 2018. Yep. Al, we should probably qualify our review with a certain bit of information. Yeah. Actually, our friend made this movie. So Yes. <laughs> yes. But what's interesting is that it is not exactly in the way that you would think like our friend made a movie and then we're reviewing it on the show we're only friends with jordan because of the movie right so jordan goff who made the film uh is a friend of ours now but we didn't meet jordan until i had seen the movie it was may of 2022 i'd been wanting to see the movie since it came out because i had seen the title (laughs) floating around it was playing at some film festivals and stuff you know as we saw in the documentary on the the blu-ray um, and so I'd been wanting to see it. And then Jason showed it to uh, our group of friends. And about 20 minutes into the movie, maybe not even, I think it was in the, maybe in the Whammo offices. Yeah. I think it was in that scene. I went on to the Golden Ninja website and bought the Blu-ray. Like <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's on Blu-ray from Golden Ninja Video, which is a Canadian company. So you can pick this film up on Blu-ray. It's a limited run of 500 units, though. So who knows how many are left to get on it, because I'm sure most of our friend group bought copies. But uh, yeah, probably. So yeah, after uh, after we watched it and Al, you watched the last what? Uh, Last act or so? Pretty sure. (laughs) Yeah, like all of the heavy, heavy effects stuff. After I watched it, I went and followed or subscribed to uh, Jordan's YouTube channel because he does a lot of sketches and stuff that he's posted on YouTube, which is, of course, where the movie kind of got started as well. But he then recognized me from this show and he was a listener, right? So we're a fan of his film and he was a fan of our show and it was just pretty perfect, right? Yeah. So uh, we become friends with Jordan. Jordan attends some of my friend groups, you know, film screenings and stuff. So there you go. I just wanted to contextualize that because, yes, we are friends with Jordan, but it's not a shameless promo for a friend's movie. Al had come out to watch that last part of the movie with us. And Al, do you remember that experience and yeah. what you had talked about when we were watching it? Yeah, I remember I talked about doing this movie on the show. And I'd seen like the last part of it. Right. Yeah. So this was an episode that we had planned during the first screening before we ever met Jordan. Yeah. But we also met Jordan before my Blu-ray came in. So it wasn't possible to get the movie (laughs) reviewed. You know, that whole thing. Uh, Not that it took 
half a year to get the Blu-ray in. That's not that's not yeah. the case. Uh, it just took us half a year to get around to reviewing it for reasons I don't know. Why did we do that? Why did we wait so long? Who knows? All right. That's it. I think that's all the qualification we need. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, get us started, man. Where do you want to start talking about the film? So, it starts off in a scene that's black and white, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, which has Jordan, who plays... Oh, I forgot his name. Dr. Henry Stone, Dr. PhD. Dr. Henry Stone. That's who Jordan plays. So, well, I, I guess... That's one of the characters he yes. plays. <laughs> he plays almost every single character in the movie at some point in time in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is one production thing that is really funny, is in a lot of the scenes where they're wearing helmets and stuff, if somebody couldn't be there, Jordan steps in, right? Yeah. So, he's talking about, like, he has a PhD in, like, astrology and... Astronomy. Uh, astronomy and archaeology. Paleontology. Paleontology. I don't... I forgot which one. <laughs> yeah, paleontology and astronomy. Yeah. So, and he talks about that he discovered a planet in a nearby solar system inhabited by dinosaurs. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's a lot of lore up front, you know. Yeah, uh, and it shows, but not even, uh, not even too much up front. Like, you think it's a lot of lore up front. You're not prepared (laughs) for how much lore you're going to get. Yeah, but it's also funny, like, little pictures of, like, these clay dinosaurs. Oh, yeah, the little diorama that he did. Yeah. Yeah, with the little star background. Uh Uh-huh. It's really cool and really funny because it just keeps appearing. It's just, like, these shots of the clay dinosaur diorama. Yeah, like little toys or whatever. Yeah. And there's, like, a bunch of them in there. It's super funny, but... Yeah, those are also black and white, too. Just so you know, this entire first scene is black and white. Yeah, it's like a newsreel kind of a thing, you know, sort of of a deal, yeah. And then you get that because there's an ad that plays after it for um, Whammo, Taste the Drink. (laughs) (laughs) Which is maybe one of my favorite, like, slogans ever. I would buy that drink. (laughs) That's hilarious, (laughs) right? Um, But yeah, soft drink company Whammo. And we've got Dr. Henry Stone, Ph.D., who has paleontology and astronomy degrees. And this is a lot, right? This is a lot of stuff going on just to set up dinosaurs in a mining facility. A movie that, by all rights, should just be dinosaurs in a mining facility. Like, um, oh, man. Because I'll tell you what I kind of thought it was going to be before I ever saw it. Because I actually never watched a trailer for it or anything before we turned it on. I literally had no idea what the movie was going to be. Or that it was, you know, a really like, I mean, to say micro budget, like a nano budget, no budget DIY gorilla shot film, right? Yeah. Like, I had no idea it was going to be that. In my mind, based on the title alone, it was going to be just a fun like a fun version of Carnosaur 2. <laughs> That's maybe a good way to describe it, right? Like uh, almost like uh, like aliens or something, like a group of Marines or whatever go into a mining facility to free it from dinosaurs or something. Just a goofy little indie film, right? Boy, I wasn't ready for what this movie really, no. really was because it's not that at all. No. It's so big and so goofy. And that's the other thing is yeah. it's a comedy. Yes, that's like the biggest part of it. It just 
has so many repetitive jokes in it, but right. they're in the right places. It's so funny. Yeah, and I mean, one of the jokes is repeated, the documentary tells us, uh, 21 times. Yeah. <laughs> and the movie is 75 minutes long. So that's 21 times in 75 minutes this little this little joke is tossed in, yeah. this little gag. And it doesn't get old. Like, that oh, That yes. never gets old. Even 21 times in 75 minutes, it does not get old. No. And that joke is one of our characters who's supposed to be like, oh, how would you describe him? Oh, I mean, he's without swearing, because it's a family-friendly show. Uh, <laughs> he's the cool as ice hit man. Yeah. Right? Like, he's a... He's like this movie's sort of Han Solo type character. Yeah. Right? But instead of a lightsaber, he has a chainsaw. Oh, I see. Well, Han Solo didn't fight with a lightsaber, but I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. He, that's his special weapon. What's his name? Do you remember? Uh, Johnny Anaconda. Yeah, Johnny Anaconda. Perfect name, man. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a comedy. And the thing is... And this is why I bought it so early in the movie. You weren't watching it with me when I watched it. No. But it was killing me. I was near tears like the first however many minutes before I bought it. I was laughing so hard yeah. because this film, like it's pitch perfect, exactly my sense of humor. Yeah, mine too. Yeah. And and so like case in point. Okay. Um, What was it? It was probably, I'm going to say it was Friday night. So it was like Christmas Eve Eve. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I ended up watching a couple movies online with a couple friends. And the second movie I watched, I watched with uh, Jordan and one of our other friends. I don't know if she's cool with me talking about her on the show. But if she is, if she tells me she's cool with it, it's Linnea. So I was watching it with them, with Jordan and Linnea. During the movie we were watching, okay, set it up a little bit further <laughs> uh, for our listeners. We watched stuff together on Cosme which is, you know, a streaming platform thing. Just we watch it with our friends in little private streaming rooms and it has a little chat function, you know, just like a few people at a time, you know, because Cosme probably can't handle more than that. But we were watching Elves. We're watching it and in the chat, of course, we keep chatting about the movies, chatting together as a group, like you might with friends if you're sitting in the same room and also cracking jokes like you might if you were sitting together in the same room with your friends, right? Yeah. And so... I'm watching the movie with a couple people there, and Jordan is one of them. And during, like, about a 20 to 30-minute stretch of the movie, Jordan and I made the same jokes, like, the exact same joke, almost letter for letter, three times. Like, boom, like, instantly. I know at least one of them was pretty obvious, and other people might have made that joke, too. But then one was, like, really, really esoteric, like, a random reference that you have to, like, weird stuff to get into or whatever. And we just kept cracking the same jokes, like exactly the same time, which was extra funny, right? But it, it just, I bring it up because it shows that Jordan and I think very similarly comedically. So this movie may not be for everybody, but who boy, it's for us. Yeah. <laughs> so because it is a DIY film, why don't you talk a little bit about the production? So I think it's pretty cool how like, Really, it all started off, yeah, like Dad said, it all started off with, like, on his YouTube channel, basically, where they did this, like, one short video. Like a mock trailer. Yeah. And then that turned into, like, an entire movie. Just then they're like, 
oh, we're doing this now? <laughs> yeah, it was 2009 <laughs> yeah. they made that short. But yeah, it started out as a little YouTube thing. And then they decided to remake it as a higher quality, better looking, still kind of YouTube video, right? Like they were yeah. just going to remake the trailer, but with special effects in it, you know? And then it got out of hand. <laughs> so it's like a group of friends who all made this movie together. Just this group of friends who were making shorts together in middle school and high school, just like my friends did. Uh, only they had access to computers for editing, which my friends did not. <laughs> we were a little bit before that era. Because, yeah, they, were, they made that in 2009. And I was making the same kind of stuff in 1999. Right. Yeah, yeah. So a decade earlier, we didn't have YouTube. We didn't have the same kind of digital photography. We didn't have access to affordable editing equipment. So I wasn't able to do this kind of thing or believe you me, I would have tried. <laughs> so I love seeing a movie like this where a filmmaker, not unlike myself, makes the kind of movie that I would have loved to have made at that age. Yeah. You know? And... It's so funny because in, like, the editing, they literally just taught themselves how to use After Effects. Right. Like, to the entire thing. All, like, the dinosaurs are, like, just, like, free YouTube stock. Basically. Yeah, Creative Commons. Yeah. Do you know what the Creative Commons is? Not exactly. Do you know what public domain is? Yes. Okay. So, it's kind of like that. Kind of. I'll explain the difference, right? So copyright is when, the, of course, the creator of a piece of content owns the rights to it and all ability to earn money off of it is theirs so long as they hold the copyright and the copyright lapses after a certain amount of time and goes into the public domain, at which point the entire public owns it. But for a certain amount of time, creators, which extends through like their lives, so don't think that the public domain is stealing from artists because the artists are typically well dead by the time something slips into the public domain, at which point it is part of culture. It then goes out into society to be owned by that society that it is helped defined. That's the idea of public domain. And Creative Commons is similar, except Creative Commons is people who are making things and then rather than copywriting them, or rather than copywriting it, I guess, applying a Creative Commons license to it. So rather than copyright, rather than public domain, it's something that people can use for free with certain restrictions. Some creative commons, you can't make any money off of the thing, right? So it's like you can put it in something. Um, you almost always have to credit the person. That's part of like all of the creative commons like licenses. Some of them probably don't, but most of the ones that I've engaged with or seen people use require crediting the artist. But that's typically all you have to do. And some of them don't care if you make money off of it, so long as you're crediting them, right? So that's what Jordan was doing, finding all these creative commons things that artists had made and said, hey, we don't want to copyright it and necessarily charge people for it. We were doing this for ourselves. We were doing this for society. We were doing this for other artists. So we want to let you use it with as long as you just credit us, right? So just credit us and we're good. And that's how Jordan got like all of that footage of the dinosaurs that's in this movie. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And I mean, he's he even talked in the documentary a little bit about how if he had the ability to do uh, 3D modeling, he would have done that. It has, of course, been some time and Jordan's still teaching himself things. So but... Jordan's also been really helpful to us. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we, we were making some stuff. Did you want to talk about that? Yeah, we um 
we made our own like short basically like for it was like for our friend groups basically like our yeah. friend group our annual streaming cadavercade thing yeah our halloween marathon that we do every year yeah we started making things for it when we went virtual yeah and this year we went crazy and we filmed things <laughs> we yeah. actually made things yeah we filmed a little like Oh. Well, the the point is, rather than explaining kind of what yeah. they are, the they were both, we did two different projects. One was a little short, and then one was like host segments that Al filmed for another project. So yeah, we were filming these two things, which were green screen projects. Yeah. But I had never done green screen. It was actually the first time for me doing green screen. I've done a lot of editing work. Um, I have multiple film degrees. And I am a filmmaker, and I've yeah. made my living as a filmmaker, as a screenwriter, specifically, mostly, uh, for a decade. So, you know, I'm not unfamiliar with editing software, but I never did any green screen stuff, really. Like, any time I did any green screen stuff, it was super, super simple, and typically using other people's green screen footage. So I ran into problems. Yeah. So that's where, like, Jordan helped out, because obviously... Dad, yeah, he ran into some problems, so. And we knew somebody who'd done a lot of green screen work. Yeah. Because we saw dinosaurs in a mining facility. Yeah, so yeah. Jordan uh, hopped in and really helped us bring that together. So, you know, I guess there's another way in which we are connected to Jordan, too. I feel like we're qualifying the heck out of it to be, like, totally transparent when we don't really need to. The movie speaks for itself because the movie is hilarious. Yeah. But, uh... Mostly, you know, it's just exciting to see a movie that we love so much that has brought us so much joy and then to find out afterwards that he's also a fan of what we do. So that brought us like, you know, together as friends in a way. So um, and that was all so recent as well. Yeah. But we also typically don't review movies that friends have made on the show. I don't know. This is the first time. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's why we're qualifying the heck out of it. So we'll stop doing that. Al, what yeah. do you want to talk about? It starts off being funny with those little, that little black and white scene I explained. But then it has this part where you have Johnny Anaconda. Are we going to explain the whole movie no, here? No, no. Okay. I just want to explain this first part. Got it's it. Re it was really funny. Yeah, all the setup. Yeah. yeah. Um, I forgot who he was. The security guard dude. So they open the mining facility doors. There's a dinosaur. Johnny Anaconda, like, chainsaws it. And then he's like, didn't you know that there's dinosaurs in this mining facility? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then the title pops up, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Oh, man, that moment right there is when I knew I was like, it's not long before I buy this movie. And yeah. it was a few scenes later, I was buying that movie. <laughs> and then uh, there's also the thing where they're like, dinosaur things. <laughs> there's that joke. Yeah, there's... That's the and that's the thing is the movie is a a joke every couple seconds. Yeah. Like everything's funny, everything's silly. Yeah. <laughs> but Jordan takes it seriously though, right? Like especially the lore stuff that he works into it. Like the movie's really really funny. But what helps make it funny is the fact that Jordan and gang <laughs> play out all of this lore very straightforward, very seriously, taking it all very very serious. Right, all of this dinosaur planet stuff, all of the weird alien things. Yeah. And it's all played totally straight face. And you have to, though, right? Yeah. When you're doing comedy, you have to play it seriously 
because otherwise it's not funny. Basically, what makes this movie so funny is that the actors in it, like everything, is set up to make the movie seem like it's just not joking around. It's like super serious.、Mm-hmm. But the movie is not at all that. It's incredibly funny. It's just right, like, and that's what makes it more funny because they act like it's a serious movie. And the the other thing is too, they didn't just. Half-heartedly whip together this thing. It took them years and years. They、yeah. started filming the actual film in 2013, and it was、yeah. done in 2018. So they spent their time on this, and the effects work in it is extensive, like shockingly extensive. There's so much special effects work done in this that it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty crazy and pretty funny. Yeah, because. Well, all the effects work is really、yeah. fun and funny too. Just the sheer number of dinosaurs we get later on in the movie. Yeah, and like the part about the dinosaurs, even in the early on, which is probably my my favorite of the dinosaurs. Those like little I forgot what they're called. I like those weird raptor things with like the oh, with the big yeah, yeah, like the.、Uh, The Lophosaurus or whatever. Yeah, or whatever. Something、Those、like that. Those are probably my favorite because of how they run. Yeah, that、how、walk they, cycle. Yeah, they make it so funny because he makes it so that all the dinosaurs have the same cycle at the same time. So if there are more than one dinosaur in the same, they're all running the same, the same time, way. Yeah, they're literally step by step at the exact same time. I do think he staggers them. I don't think he does them quite at the same time. But. But it's clearly the same、yeah. model again and again and again, and it's hilarious every time. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is too, right? It's like he takes these landscapes in Kentucky that he's he's filming in. He and his friends are all from Kentucky, living in Kentucky, and you know, brother as well.、Uh, not that he's not friends with his brother. That makes it sound weird, like they hate each other or something. <laughs> <laughs> But like they're all from Kentucky, so he takes these Kentucky landscapes and turns them into alien landscapes, right?、Yeah. Just like cutting out the sky and things, and adding in a purple sky, like that—that stuff that takes time. You know, it's not—it's not easy to do any of that stuff. No, I mean,、it's、even for our little shorts, look at how long that stuff took. Yeah, like that took so long to do just those tiny shorts, but. The only thing I wasn't good at was the green screen. Everything else I could do, and so once I got the green screen down, it still took forever because of all the other effects work that I did, all the other animations, the、uh, having things pop in and fade away, and adding in、uh, different effects and stuff. Like it, that stuff is easy, but it's time consuming, right? Yeah. So even if you know what you're doing, it does take a ton of time. And watching it, even though I didn't know how long it took to make this, unless unless our friend Mike was in chat telling us how long it took to make the first time around,、um, but like you can tell that it took forever to make, yeah, and not just because like clearly they were filming stuff over the course of years and they get older, <laughs>、mm. but yeah, like this movie is like just perfect almost. I feel like yeah. yeah. Perfect for us, right?、Yeah. You know, because it is a nano budget thing. It's what, like, just as an example of the the way that they sort of were able to create 
the story and tell the story that they wanted to tell without access to the kind of things that you would normally need for this kind of a story. When they have the office building that Dr. Stone is in, it's just like an abandoned house. Yeah. Right. I mean, we actually learned about the house in the documentary, but watching it, I was like, did they just break into an abandoned house and film in an abandoned house? Which is not exactly what they did. They actually had like the rights to be there. But it was basically an abandoned house that they filmed in. And it looks like it. It doesn't look like an office building. But that's hysterical. Yeah. So when they're talking about it seriously and the millions of dollars they're going to make. And there's just like curtains with holes in them behind them. And one of, I feel like, one of the best early on jokes is the job factory. Mm. Oh, man. And the animation on that job factory, the way that it looks in the final cut there is so funny. The big, like metal like letters like on the front of the building job factory (laughs) yeah which is where our protagonist ian works at the start right yeah so we haven't talked about the story too much we got johnny anaconda we got whammo we got dr stone but we haven't talked about the protagonist played by christian goff ian yeah so like you build up basically you it's like a normal protagonist you build up a story with them you get like to know him but it kind of just goes off the rails basically like it's just i mean sorry i think i know what you're trying to say yeah. get it out and i and i think i and i think i can elaborate and clarify like, you learn his story but then it goes like off the rails kind of and like it gets kind of crazy Oh, so you mean he's got kind of a normal character story at the start, like a normal character setup, but then it goes wild with the dinosaurs. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, and on top of that, he's not quite introduced like a normal protagonist would be. No. Right. I mean, his backstory, well, a lot of it is that footage from the park where his mom gets killed (laughs) (laughs) and Ian's walking around on his knees like he's a little kid. Or he's supposed to look like a little kid. I don't know. It's hysterical. Yeah. But his story, what I what I was thinking you were getting at, his story goes off the rails in so far as it seems like a normal character story, but it's elevated. Every bit of it is ridiculous. Yeah. Right. I mean, when he's ranting at the bar about his wife and how she's like, you got to feed the kids, like all that kind of stuff that kills me because like that's what i was thinking you were getting at is like his character stuff is super unusual and weirdly handled though it's a pretty normal character start right like for the intro of a character who's got family troubles job troubles you know uh unhappy with life carrying the baggage of his mom's death that's a pretty solid character intro and background in a movie called Dinosaurs in a Mining Facility, where there's a lot of, uh, you know, green screen dinosaurs running around and a guy named Johnny Anaconda with a chainsaw. Yeah. Right. But you're right. No, once we do yeah. meet him, then everything goes off the rails. Basically, you're right. It's like if you took it like this story and toned it down, it would seem normal. But right. they don't. They take a normal character story and like what a normal character story would look like. And just make it to absolute extremes. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because he delivers it so well, too. Yeah. And you could tell this story straight. I mean, you could absolutely. Yeah. You know, without any without being super jokey. But yeah, I mean, 
his story is definitely elevated. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the word that you used before, and I think that's a really great, a great word for it because it's like a regular movie story like we talked about, but it, but they're doing something different with it. So how is it elevated? Do you, do you think? So you have like what you would expect, like. Uh, I mean, yeah, like Dad said, the part in the bar where he's going like crazy, that mm-hmm. part you would you would expect, but they, you would expect a thing like that, but no, nah, they just take it to like, just take it to like extremes. Right. Then he's like in his car and he's like having, and he's like, I don't even know how to explain it. He's having like a, he's like having a meltdown or whatever. He's yeah. freaking out in his car. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. They're just like shrieking and <laughs> yeah. But no, you're right. It's it's because of the exaggeration of the way that he handles his problems as a character that definitely does elevate it to that comedic level. If he were just a sad guy who had a miserable life and he was sad or miserable, that could be played in a way that would be sad and miserable, <laughs> right? Yeah. But you play it this way and it's hysterical. Yeah. And that's basically him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we get to follow him then as our protagonist into this weird wild world of Dr. Henry Stone and the planet Tyrannus and the Whammo soft drink, right? And that's yeah. where things get crazy exposition heavy. There's that huge chunk in the middle of the movie that is all exposition dump and everything. Yeah. and It's hilarious. Yeah, and like even the documentary, they said that a person... They reviewed it was like the exponential is too long. They're like the exposition. Yeah, yeah the exposition is too long. They're like, yeah, that's the joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> I, it's insane how long it goes. And then there is um, another thing that in that part of the documentary as yeah. well, they they were talking about was then how it goes from that heavy, heavy exposition stuff into then this cult meeting scene that then goes back into more exposition stuff right but we got this like cult break this like yeah and like oh, one of the parts during the exposition is pretty funny is how literally it, there's like a couple shots where it's still like those two are like it's johnny anaconda and i forgot his name the security guard dude i literally always forget his name into the movie but the guy who gets into the to the filing cabinet yeah. that guy yeah okay yeah those two are talking on the phone, but then you see a sh- couple shots of Johnny Anaconda, right. and Ian's just sitting at the door, and he's like... Wait. Yeah, yeah. when Johnny Anaconda is getting all the exposition over the phone, we then just see Ian it's, in the background. Yeah. yeah. It's just... And he's making the Little face things. when, like, you're just, like, waiting. Like... <sighs> like, you're literally just... And it's all, a, it's all a big break from, you know, Johnny Anaconda trying to kill Ian as well. So, yeah, added... Is added comedy there yeah no every every little thing adds up in this to be so funny and one of the problems with talking about a movie like this and we've talked about it on the show before is we could really easily just be hammering away at just repeating the jokes that we like which is then not necessarily funny for you all listening i mean i know jordan would appreciate hearing all the jokes that we really really like but we could be here a long long time doing that but Apart from just watching the trailer, it's hard to convey the tone of the movie, right? Yeah. So definitely go watch the trailer. Or, no, you know what? I'll throw a, uh, a link to the trailer in the show notes. That way yeah. our listeners can go see it, right? And actually, even to go back to the idea of 
you know, us meeting Jordan and becoming friends with him, right? And like how all that came about to go back to that stuff. After I saw the movie, I was showing all of my students the trailer the very next day. Like it's that's how much fun I had with this movie. So again, it's really it, it was nice to find out that, you know, someone whose work we admired, admired our work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know you were so you were thrilled about that. Yeah. Because it's one of the best movies, I feel like. <laughs> one of the best. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like it is some of the funniest cinema you're going to find out there. It is. 75 minutes of relentless comedy. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, it is made by a group of friends who are mostly taking things from around their houses and using them to create action scenes and whatnot. And then, you know, and it, and it looks like it. It looks like a movie that costs no money or like whatever, the $200 for the generator that they bought or whatever yes. that they talked about, which is kind of like house sitters, right? Um, House Sitters is the movie that Al and I worked on, uh, made with our friend Jason, who introduced us to Dinosaurs in a Mining Facility, actually. And uh, on House Sitters, we similarly referred to the movie as a no-budget movie, but we did spend some money, you know? Like, the monster puppet cost money. Like, we had to, like, well, Jason paid for that. And obviously, we paid for, like, food and stuff. Or, correction, Jason paid for food and stuff. (laughs) So, I mean, it did cost, you know, food money and puppet money. But otherwise, yeah, it was a no-budget film. And it's like, to filmmakers who do spend millions or hundreds of thousands making a movie, spending 200 bucks seems like a no-budget film even still. So, from our perspective, the us's, you know, us making green screen shorts for our friends where we have to buy green screen you know, uh, cloth and we had to buy a stand and, you know, we had to buy uh, props and things, you know, just to make that thing work. To look at our level from people's perspective who do spend millions on movies, it looks like we are spending zero dollars, even though it seems like a lot of work for us, you know, like from our perspective, it's like, wow, got to track this stuff down, got to get this together. Why would it not be so much work for somebody else? Because they would have 15 different people handling every little bit of it. Right. They don't have to buy the green screens and track all this down. We had to do every single bit of it. And that's why when you look at a film like Dinosaurs in a Mining Facility, I am so much more impressed by what Jordan was able to pull off and was the first time I saw it, mind you, so much more impressed with what Jordan's able to pull off than if he had had millions Right. To pull this off clearly with no money. Huge. Like, yeah, I admire the hell out of it. And that is why the movie was in my collection 20 minutes into watching the movie for the first time. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Seriously, though, everybody, it is a 500 Blu-ray run from Golden Ninja Video. There are not many. So we don't know how many people we will inspire to buy it. We hope the rest of the run. That would be great. (laughs) So. Anyway, should we go into our segments? Yeah. I think I think it's time. Beastly best, Alistair. What is the best monster moment in dinosaurs in a mining facility? My favorite one is... It would be a pretty big spoiler. Oh, so. okay. Gotcha, gotcha. I know what you're talking about, right? Near the end of the movie there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A pretty big spoiler, if you will. Yeah. Okay, do you have, uh, like, a runner-up then, maybe? Or just another moment that you don't mind spoiling? Yeah, 
probably say the part with the pterodactyls air quotes oh the little rubber pterodactyl and then the like the the copied versions of that or whatever flying around yeah we didn't get quite that far in the documentary yet Uh, we were actually watching the documentary this morning before recording so we're like an hour and a half into it (laughs) so we still got an hour it's crazy jordan you're mad but it's so much fun like i (laughs) I know because uh, Jordan was saying to us, you know, like, I understand if you don't get to the documentary, it's two and a half hours long or whatever. But it's funny. Like, it's super funny. And also, yeah. for those of you who have never made movies, this documentary is a perfect encapsulation of what it was like from my experience as well, getting into filmmaking when I was in middle school. Like, this is that progression. And, you know, I mean, I moved into, you know, professional film work and stuff and I, you know, and I teach screenwriting and all these things. But even still, when we make our movies, Al, you and I, it's very much like what Jordan was doing. Yeah, pretty much. And why it worked out so perfectly that, you know, when we were doing our green screen stuff, you know, Jordan was around to help out, right? Because he did it exactly the same way, basically. Well, not exactly the same way. I mean, in the movie they talk about, or in the documentary they talk about, like, the the poster boards that they yeah. used to make a green screen out of, which wasn't very precise. However, our green screen still had a lot of creases in it that I couldn't get out of it. So, uh, well, I know I could have ironed it or whatever, but, like, didn't have an iron, didn't think about ironing it. I don't know. 2022 is miserable. I was sick most of the year. So, who knows? Who knows what I was thinking? I cannot... I cannot with any confidence, uh, address that question. But yeah, so that's your beastly best, or at least one of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, okay, you got the pterodactyls. Ooh. You know, I'm going to have to go, and this is this is maybe a bit of a cheat, but there are those moments like we talked about near the end of the movie where there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dinosaurs on screen from all of these different uh, sources that Jordan pulled them from. And not only do I admire that on a technical level, because it must have been a pain to add in all of those dinosaurs, right? So not only do I admire that, it's also hilarious and amazing. Yeah. Like Both of those things simultaneously, yeah. Yeah, because... Or it's the exact same model again and again and again. But like... That's, again, what makes it so darn funny. But that's the moment that you would want in a movie like this. You know, you want dinosaur chase scenes and things. And you you don't expect it when you start this movie and see that it's largely just a bunch of friends in Kentucky making a movie, like, in their free time with no money. You don't expect to get the big dinosaur scene like that. No, no. <laughs> which makes it all the more amazing when it happens. Yeah. So that's my beastly best. Did you get spooked at all? No. No. Not really. <laughs> I would say, though, to their credit, though the movie isn't necessarily a scary film, the cult scene is filmed really, really, really well. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fantastic scene. Like, in terms of what they were able to accomplish there is exactly what you would want out of your own no-budget films cult scene yeah. you know they're there's, all wearing the robes they've got the masks and there's the sword and there's a funny thing that they talk about in the 
the documentary. So there's a symbol for Tyrannus they show a bunch of times in it. But the thing about that is it's actually the blocking for the cult scene. <laughs> right. Yeah, they took their little hand scratched out blocking and turned it into the yeah, symbol. Because they just thought it looked really cool. And so it's like really, really funny, I think. Yeah. And the thing is, too, bud, like you'll realize the more you make movies and the more you read my scripts and stuff down the road and hopefully see my movies down the road, uh, the more that you experience that stuff, the more you're going to realize that filmmakers largely are putting things in movies that just amuse them, <laughs> including your own personal jokes. You know, you're in jokes with your friends. And so much of the stuff that is in this movie they talked about in the documentary as being in jokes with their friends or like, you know, uh, just goofy things that they made up and would, you know, joke about for years and years that were suddenly part of this story, finding its way in there, right? I mean, it's just like the monster in The Ones Who Stay, you named by accident when you were a very tiny child, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, all of the little jokes that we added into our shorts for the Halloween marathon, right? There's like the reference to Al Adamson in the trick-or-treating safety video, right? All kinds of little things. Lots of lots of little stuff that our friends would appreciate. Yeah. Yeah, so okay. There we go. That's kind of our get spooked. I mean, not that it was a, a scary moment, but it is filmed like a great spooky cult scene. Yeah. Which is then funny, right? The fact that yeah. it is filmed very, very well in terms of the execution of that cult scenario actually makes it funny yeah so funny bones we've talked a lot about the stuff that makes us laugh but who boy i don't i don't know do how do we pick a best a best joke or the thing that we want to talk about without spoiling stuff how do we choose one i don't know oh boy no you know what let's go blanket let's go let's go movie wide Every time Johnny Anaconda says the word Poindexter. Yeah. Fantastic. I was going to say that one too. Yeah. Yeah. And not to say that that is the funniest thing in the movie, but it really does provide a nice comedic backbone for the entire story, you know? So we have to give the shout out to that, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the joke works. It doesn't get old all 21 times. Yeah, and that's the 21 times thing. Is the, <laughs> it's just that Johnny Anaconda calls everybody and everything Poindexters. <laughs> yeah. But do you have a Scream theme in mind? Is there a... Well, not is there. What is the major message you are seeing sent to viewers watching Dinosaurs in a Mining Facility? Because remember, listeners... Whether we like it or not, every single piece of media sends a message. Multiple messages. But, you know, a a major message by the end of it. The theme. I think, uh, this is just what I think, I think the theme is that whether you like it or not, everybody, even, like, strangers, like, random people, anybody can be a hero. Hmm. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. I think that is definitely a huge part of it. I mean, we do stick with Ian the whole time there, you know? And he's not a dinosaur fighter. He's not an interplanetary warrior. He's a guy who works at a job factory, <laughs> right? <Nope. laughs> uh, he's, he's practically a nobody, and he's just got this sad, miserable past and a sad, miserable life. 
And yet it comes down to him to save the planet. So I love that, Al. Great work. And I'm glad we got to do this episode finally. Yeah. Yeah. Not that we couldn't do it before. I don't know why we didn't. I couldn't tell you. I could. I can't tell you the logic behind 2022 for the most part. <laughs> Things were a disaster. So I'm glad we held off on this until like I wasn't generally so sick, you know, that I could actually watch the movie and laugh and enjoy it without getting horribly ill. Because um, it wasn't until like uh, July that I got my sickest this year. So in May I was fine. But thanks for having a great conversation with me. And do you want to tell our listeners where they can find us online and how to support us and whatnot? Yeah. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash wordsalad. Mm-hmm. And we just posted a big special Christmas episode over there. Obviously, Christmas has passed, but it's an episode that we did, you and I did, for Cinemuck, my Patreon show, about a, a Russian film that basically nobody has seen <laughs> yeah i was really excited to record that that was about santa claus battle of the magi yeah russian film from 2016 so uh yeah patreon.com slash word salad how else can they support us you can find us on twitter at cadaver underscore cast for now anyways i don't know man you all know what's going on with twitter yeah. it's a nightmare facebook you can find us on facebook at the cadaver cast critters and creeps club join the club you can find us on Instagram at Cadavercast. You can find our merch at teespring.com slash cadavercast. And you can email us at cadavercast at gmail.com. There you go. And of course, ratings and reviews always help. And we like to, of course, read the reviews when we get them uh, and we read them on the show. Like we said last time, if you do have questions for us that you want read on the show, you don't have to send them to us in a review on the show. Not that it's a problem, because reviews are reviews are reviews, and we're happy to get the reviews. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you just want us to answer your questions on the show, just shoot us a question and say, hey, can you answer it on the show? Gladly. Absolutely. That said, we really appreciate the ratings and reviews. Uh, every little bit goes to helping us get noticed out there. I guess that's it. And in the meantime, Alistair, why don't you get us signed out? You've been listening to another episode of Cadavercast. I'm Alberna. And I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham. We love ya. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks.